This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I want you to think back to last week's show. I wanted to clarify something that uh, that I was talking about at the end of the program in that the, the, the Facebook Follies stuff. And there was a YouTube video that thought they had a gotcha moment when it came to the coronavirus. And, and, I, and it, was the, it was the last little bit that I did that was about, um, uh, well, some person had found that if you do a Google search of any three-digit number with the words new cases, you will find reports of new cases of COVID with that, that three-digit number that you put in there. No matter what three-digit number you put in, you will find reports that will have it in there in a, in, a, in a Google search. And I talked about how that's law of large numbers and you got 15 million cases worldwide. It's been going for months. You've got all kinds of states and cities and counties and, 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 and provinces and, 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 and such re- making reports all the damn time uh, about new cases. The fact that you would you could come up with one of each of the 900 numbers from one to from 100 to 999 does not seem that outlandish. And but the thing that I I neglected to get across when I was listening to the playback on Saturday night is I did not say what I thought the gotcha moment was. Uh, I think the gotcha in that is uh, that the, that the YouTuber was thinking. That because you can do that, it's it's some kind of uh, um, conspiracy that Google is up to to make sure that every number is covered. So if you search for numbers of of, uh, of cases, that you're going to find something. That it, it's it's being done so that you know, um, I I guess so that you you can't deny that uh, that there are cases and that COVID's important or something like that. I. I it's a weird conspiracy thought. It's a weird gotcha moment, but it does show the law of large numbers, and I don't think it's all that outlandish. Uh, I also mentioned that there, you could do every two-digit number. There's 90 of those to, to do. You could do every one-digit number. There's only nine of those, and you probably find something for everything. Once you get up in the four-digit numbers and the five-digit numbers and that, then you're going to start to... I think because there's, you will start to find less examples, but even still, maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't have the time to check all them out. But I wanted to clarify that that's that the gotcha moment might just have some. It's just it's fake and made up stuff from from Google. They just want to make sure they got all the bases covered, but it, so that people would believe in this pandemic hoax. I guess I guess that's the gotcha moment. But I also mentioned something else about the law of large numbers. Uh, in one of my examples, my analogy that I heard about dreaming about a plane crashing, and you know, with seven billion people sleeping every night around the world, and all of them dreaming, the fact that you would have a certain number of them dream about a plane crashing any given night is not that, not that uh, outstanding. Of a of a thing, it's not that odd. It's like, yeah, okay, and just and then the, to have them, you know, the next day a plane crash or the next week or next month. I mean, who knows how long you have to wait 
for their dream to be not a prognostication, but precognition. <laughs> I think I used the wrong word last week. Pro, pre, an example of precognition. Pre um, so I, I used the plane crash thing. Well, friend of the show and friend of mine and a Minnesota skeptic, my, my mother's favorite Minnesota skeptic, my friend Tim, uh, he just he happened to be listening that last Saturday night, and he, and he pointed out. He says, "Well, hang on, <laughs> I needed a I needed a qualifier, or yeah, a qualifier within that statement about plane crashes. It had to be major plane crash. It you know like with an airliner with uh, with a hundred passengers crashing. You know something like it had to be something because that is very very rare, but plane crashes." are not. Uh, and I thought it was the safest way to travel. Um, probably still is, even though the smaller planes crash quite frequently. Uh, he's telling me, he's, you should, you know, he's saying that, that that's, you know, should be a little more clear. It's the major plane crashes, not the not these smaller planes, but the big planes that crash happen much less, uh, much more rarely. And these, the, it, I mean, he says, you'd be surprised. How, how often this happens. And so today, earlier today, I did a Google search, uh, a Google News search for, and I just put in plane crash. This week alone, leading up to this show that I'm recording on July 31st, but this will be made available or dated on the show notes August 1st, which is my son's 17th birthday. Astrologers, put your charts away. He's going to be 17. Yay, yay, yay. 17? He's a year away from being an adult. He's a year away from having to sign up for the selective service thing. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it's it's kind of freaky. Uh, anyway, so, so okay, so um so this past week on Tuesday, uh, July 28th, uh, there was uh, there were two plane crashes, uh, smaller planes, uh, one in Alabama, and there was another one that was a training flight that uh, that crashed in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, on Thursday, this past week, uh, uh, July 30th, uh, there were two plane crashes. Uh, one in, uh, had one person killed in the crash, and this was in Montana. And then there was uh, uh, two pilots killed. Uh, they were flying air tankers. Uh, they collided near Las Vegas, Nevada. And then just today, July 30th, Friday, just today, um, uh, two planes crashed in midair in Alaska. I mean, that's five. So that, that I think, throws in some other aspect of the law of large numbers. I mean, with that many, you know, how do you define a plane crash? I mean, it's just a plane crashing. I mean, when I was talking about it last week, I was talking about, you know, major plane crashes, big ones with uh, hundreds of passengers and that kind of thing. Um, but if you just, you know, strictly by the term plane crash, like, seem to happen quite frequently. So the fact that somebody dreaming about a plane crashing could easily find some story somewhere in the world of a plane crashing. And I, this was just in the United States, five. Five in the United States. I'm sure there were more elsewhere. And have you done... This is what I've been doing since the uh, since the pandemic, since the shutdown, since the slowdown of our economy. Have you noticed, you know, my fellow Americans, have you noticed that you don't see airplanes very often anymore? You know, it used to be... You know, if you're in a, a major city, you could stand outside and look up in the sky for you know wait ten minutes and you you'd see two or three or four airplanes flying by. It's just you know depending on how close you are to an airport, but you you used to see airplanes all the time. The only time it's been like it, it, like it is now that in my lifetime was in the aftermath of 9/11 and that was just a couple few days. This has been months. I've taken to doing this, and it's probably a weird thing. When I see an airplane flying 
and I, I'm outside in the backyard at home, or maybe if I'm not at home, I'm at one of the buildings I clean, and I'm taking the trash out to the dumpster or something. I'm outside, and I see a plane in the air. I, I, I point at it. I'm all by myself. I point. I say, look, an airplane. Look, everybody. It's an airplane. <laughs> like, it's a big event. I know. I'm a, I'm a little odd. But I do that. It's just because it's so weird that there are so few flights going on, so few airplanes. And yet, and yet, with so few, so much less than there used to be, we still get five planes crashing this past week. And that was just in a quick Google search, and that's just in the United States. Weird. I just I just hadn't thought... I, I, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> that was the case. I'm glad that Tim brought it up. I should probably mention it to my mom. And she said, oh, yeah, he was the one that was on Jeopardy, wasn't he? Isn't he? He's the one that was on Jeopardy. No, Mom, he wasn't on Jeopardy. Okay. Um, this is sad news. Uh, this is not a moment to gloat or to give a, see, I told you so kind of thing. Even though the I told you so part of it is tempting. Uh, prominent Republican politician, well, businessman, uh, Herman Cain, who had uh, run for the Republican nomination for president, uh, I think twice before. Uh, he, just this past week, the news came out that he died. And he died from the COVID. And I think I talked about this earlier on the show some weeks back in June because uh, in June what was it about the 20th or something like, like that in June uh, in Tulsa Oklahoma there was the uh, the Donald Trump corona or the Donald Trump COVID infectathon 2020 that took place it was this big big event you know he, he was just a fearless leader was just chomping at the bit to get out and do one of his rallies one of his he just he just had to get in front of his people and get the adoration from his from the the people that just for some reason can't see the flaws <laughs> whereas someone like me just can't see anything but the flaws although he did do something good he signed into law to lower the price of uh, of insulin you know that was good it was a good thing but you know, it's it's you know, it's there's the people that just look at, they just cannot see the flaws. They just don't. Ah, yeah, it's 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 uh, fake news. Ah, it's the media. It's all try out to get them. That kind of thing. I guess. Anyway, so he had he just had to do this rally thing, and they they, they I'm sure he talked about it in June, but you know, they they picked also Oklahoma. There's this arena that seats something like 19,000 people. They get that thing set up for this rally and they, they offer, you know, free tickets online. You just have to, you have to, you know, send away for, for them. And, and a bunch of kids on the internets flooded the, the Trump campaign uh, with requests to get tickets. And they, you know, so the Trump campaign uh, setting up the COVID Infectathon 2020, they, they were saying, well, look at this, we got like a million requests. We better, we, we better uh, maybe set up a second stage outside the, uh, the arena for, you know, so, so that fearless leader, leader can, can go on, take the stage inside the arena and bloviate for, for a couple hours. And then when he's done there, he can go outside uh, and bloviate out there to to his adoring minions that just cannot see any flaws, and and so so they they got all that they got all that set up. Well, it turns out that it was a bunch of kids taking to the you know on TikTok and whatever other things that they have that they communicate with, encouraging everybody to get you know tickets to inflate the numbers. It it, it turned out that only something like sixty two hundred people showed up. You know, and, and, and they wanted to be there. They all came down. Very few of them had masks, if any. The, very few of them did any social distancing. Uh, they did have room to move out, move apart. They only, you know, 19,000 seater and, and 6,000 show up. They had room to, to get some breathing space. 
and some of the smart ones were way up and up top wearing masks and just maybe just were may not may not have necessarily been a supporter of the president but were there because well you know how many times in a person's lifetime do they get a chance to see a sitting american president in person so they, it's, it's an event. It might be something they just wanted to check out. Or they could have been a Trump supporter that happens to believe that they should wear masks yeah, and keep their distance because they're, I, I'm sure they're out there. In fact, that's probably why there's so few people showed up. He probably still has supporters that would have gone in any other you know, uh, case. But self-preservation said, let's you know I, I still support him but I ain't going to this because you know this COVID thing but maybe his support is waning you know, you know it's hard to, to get too excited about the polls and how far Joe Biden leads him at this point and now you know if the election was ha- you know, was held today Biden would win big it's hard to get excited about that because we all remember 2016 and how certain it, we were that Hillary Clinton was going to win so we are cautious. Okay, now those of us that want to see a different president, those of us who don't, those of us Americans who can want fearless leader to be reelected, well, you know, I know they're taking solace in the idea that hey, yeah, he was trailing Hillary, and everybody thought she was going to win, and look what happened there. Well, I've got more to say about this, but I've gotten to my first break. Um, maybe a little early, but I've gotten to my first break. I'll be back because I did start talking about Herman Cain. So uh, you are listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after these messages. It's kind of a happy song. Sounding. Cain dying. Sorry, meant no disrespect. The lyrics are a downer. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up! Listen to Z-Talk Radio on ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, I was talking about that rally that took place back in June, uh, the COVID infectathon uh, that uh, Trump insisted on having in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And in attendance was Herman Cain. And, and there, he tweeted out a picture of himself sitting with a group. Uh, of, of people that came along with him or met him there and none of them are wearing masks oh there's a guy in the background off in the distance a little bit he's wearing a mask but the people in the immediate circle none of them are wearing masks 
and and he's and 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 Mr. Kane had uh, uh, tweeted stuff about people being you know there's no mask mandates and people are fed up now whether that those two sentences were connected to each other you know were the you know, people were fed up with the mask the mandatory mask stuff or were people just fed up I, I don't know but it seemed like in, they were in close proximity. Uh, maybe that's what he meant. And I, I do recall talking about it at the time. This is we, we, we can't know because within a couple of weeks after that, but uh, it was like July 1st or 2nd, he was hospitalized with COVID. So June 20th, this rally takes place. And then July 2nd, he's going into the hospital with the COVID. And I think I said at the time... We can't just assume that he got the COVID there, because judging by his attitude at the Infectathon, judging by that, and judging by what he tweeted and some of the stuff he said publicly, he probably wasn't doing a lot of uh, you know uh, social distancing and mask wearing in his you know away from the public eye, but even in public you know what i mean you know where he's he's not being so you know out there but he's at the store or he's you know at a uh going for a walk or something he's he's taking public transportation which i doubt that's what he did but you should be wearing a mask when you're taking public transportation and when you're going to the store you should be wearing a mask so he i'm sure he wasn't doing it so he could have picked it up anywhere there's there's it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that he got it at the Infectathon, but yeah, you know, we don't know. Well, you go now. You go a few weeks past that, and this past week we get the news that he died, and it was COVID. Now I'm not cheering that. This is that's sad. That's bad news. It's sad news. He's got family. He's got friends. You know, it's and he had more life to live. I think he was just 74 years old. He had more life to live. He beat cancer apparently, and that cancer, having had cancer, puts him in the higher risk category of serious complications should he get the COVID virus. And he did, and and he had the most serious of complications, that being death. Although some people who have survived the COVID, some might say, boy, you know. The condition that they're in post that, because their hearts can be damaged badly, their lungs can be damaged badly. They can carry stuff for a long time after that. They could, they might even need lung transplants or heart transplants or an artificial heart or something in order to survive the COVID. It's not just a cold. It's not just the flu. It does a lot more damage. Sure, some people will get it, and nothing will happen to them. They'll just sail right through it. The men don't even know they had it. And that's the that's one of the weirdest things about this illness. So I don't crow that he's that he's died. I think it's a bad thing. Uh, if this is something that is needed for people to realize that they need to follow the pro- protocols, they need to be taking this thing seriously and keep America from being just this laughing stock. Uh, when it comes to um, the COVID and, and what's going on here, uh, a couple other things about masks. You know, Minnesota has mandated the mask wearing. I told you about that last week, and uh, I've, there have been other states that have mandated it. Uh, some, uh, quite a ways back, uh, had mandated uh, wearing masks. Uh, one of those states was um, New Mexico and New Mexico there's there was a uh, there's been a release of the number of uh, states that are being called the red, uh, red zones there are 21 states that are red zones and that's that's those are states that are having a, at least a thousand deaths a day for I don't know how many numbers of days and New Mexico is not among them they're surrounded by states that have it California they've had the, some mask stuff going on I don't I don't know. I'm hoping that the mask mandates, these star, these stores that are saying these chains throughout the country, retailer outlets, with putting in the masks. I'm hoping that we'll we will see in a couple few weeks' time 
the rates going down, hopefully in, in response to the fact that people are wearing masks. Um, of course, we have to get past the 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 people not wearing to not wanting to wear masks because uh, for whatever reason it's an infringement on their rights or something like that. Uh, to, and to that point, a friend of mine who used to appear on this show on occasion, his name is Chris Brown. He's a skeptic. He lives out there in Connecticut. Uh, he had uh, written something up on Facebook, which I shared, and I asked him if maybe I could get an audio clip version of, it, of him reading that, just to get his voice, not me reading it, because I'm such a terrible reader. Could I get an audio clip of him reading it? And he said, yes, you can. And so he, he, did, a, he did this clip, and uh, he edited it just a little bit took out he used a little more harsh language in there than um, he thought he wanted he should clean it up but he didn't really have to but uh, here's here's what he's he's asking some questions and making some observations uh, of the people who are anti-mask so let's uh, hope the volume isn't too goofy on this I'm gonna play it this is my friend Chris Brown um, yes that Chris Brown the uh, skeptic from from Connecticut, who used to have a podcast called Meet the Skeptics. So, so here's what he uh, recorded for, for me. To those who view mask wearing as a rights infringement, perhaps you can help me understand. Why this? Why now? You are asked to wear pants when you leave an area of privacy and enter the public space. Almost nobody has a problem being controlled like this. We generally agree that it's for the betterment of society that we all wear a certain amount of clothing around each other. Why is that restriction on your freedom okay, but a 4 by 6 inch piece of cloth is too much? Many of you enjoy guns. We similarly ask that you don't walk around in public pointing them at other people. Now, most of you have agreed to this concession without argument. Ostensibly, we all agree that this would be a really bad place if some folks consistently engaged in behavior that scares the daylights out of others needlessly. Now, there are ongoing arguments about where to draw the line with gun ownership, to be sure, and we can continue to have those arguments. But you've seemingly accepted, without argument, that pointing guns at others in public is a restriction that you are okay with. Why is a swatch of fabric unreasonable? You argue that it's about control and that it's a slippery slope. If they get you to obey this, they'll just keep going. But you've already shown that you're perfectly okay obeying laws and societal norms 99% of the time. Do you carry your driver's license when driving? Do you show an ID if asked when buying alcohol? Do you keep the car registration and insurance card in your car at all times in those states where it's necessary? Would you be okay presenting a photo ID when showing up to vote? Do we not all live in such a way that we moderate our behaviors and freedoms in order to be a decent citizen and neighbor? You've argued that our grandparents fought wars for our freedoms and that it would be disrespectful to forfeit them lightly. Fair, perhaps. But didn't they actually, you know, fight wars? When the world was in such a state that the USA needed them to pick up a rifle and go kill or be killed in a foreign land, they said, okay. They left their families for years on end to go live in constant fear of death because their country asked them to. It was for the greater good. Their families forged ahead back home living under great hardship because their country asked them to. But wearing a face mask is too much to ask? Do you really think that those from the greatest generation would be impressed with your principled stand? Or might they more likely be horrified at your refusal to do this one small thing? Why this? Why now? I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't have said it better. Um, now, I should, in the interest of being fair, there's a, uh, one of the Minnesota skeptics, um, she, she is a very staunch supporter of the Second Amendment. And I think... When I posted this on Facebook, I think she read something into what Chris had said about about the guns, and you know we, we all seem to be able to agree on you know when we you know we, we if you own a gun, you know we agree that you shouldn't just point it at somebody, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. 
Uh, and then he even says, he gives this, uh, you know, there are arguments to be had about gun ownership and, and where to draw the line and things like that, and it varies from state to state. But we all seem to agree, and, and, and gun owners seem to agree, that that's a good idea not to scare the shit out of people with a gun. <laughs> you know, just for, for whatever, for no reason. You know, for not a good reason, not a self-defense or anything. Like, just take your gun out and just aim it at people. That's, we agree that that's not something we, that, uh, that's not behavior that we want from gun owners. And, and she took some exception to that and brought up some objections and he asked her some questions and I said, well, you know, it's interesting because I haven't, not being a gun owner, I haven't looked at it from that angle. But I, I think she was reading something into it. Like, uh, she made some uh, aspect of the, that, that points to like the slippery slope. You know, they'll have you do this. Well, they might have you do this. And, and I'm not sure that really fit, but it is something that she's concerned about because it is a an issue that's very near and dear to her heart so i have a feeling that her her um antenna goes up quicker when something like that's suggested and so maybe you know she's got concerns that 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 chris didn't really uh tread upon uh but she may have felt that he got close i, I don't know but i you know i mean i love this point about a picture ID to vote, because that seems to be something that the anti-maskers, if we're going, you know, I know I might be stereotyping here, but it seems like there'd be the tendency of those that don't want masks were the uh, the, the, the the tendency they had uh, before was uh, before the whole masking became something was yeah you should be you should have to show an ID to vote, you know the same people that don't want voting by mail because. We've only been, you know, the military's only been doing it for 150 years or, or so, well, since the Civil War, and there are five states in this country that do it every, that, that's the only way you can vote. Don't ask me to tell you what the five states are, because I'm not going to remember all of them. But, uh, and, and the president votes by mail. <laughs> you know, I, I guess, yeah, but he calls it absentee balloting, which I, what's the difference? Because that's, isn't that what I'm doing? Voting by mail isn't that an absentee valid? Isn't that this pretty much the same thing? How is it? I it's it's I, so anyway anyway. These same people that have a problem with that with with wearing a mask don't seem to have a problem with showing an ID. You know that's isn't that the government telling you what to do? It's just this whole thing. You know, stopping at red lights, not driving on sidewalks, driving on the side of the road that you're supposed to drive on, the speed following the speed limits, wearing a seatbelt. You know, I, I oh I'm gonna mention this. I it's summer here in the United States, and I hate summer. But uh, uh, although this next week should be fairly pleasant, I hate humidity. Oh, it just drives me crazy. Anyway, um, I drive to the buildings that I take care of uh, out on the roads, and I'm on the highway, and I will see usually dudes uh, on motorcycles uh, in t-shirts, short pants tennis shoes, no helmet. I'll see that. And I just, and I, you know, they might be wearing jeans, you know, long pants. They might be in that, but no helmets. And I just, I, I get, I get scared for them. I watch that and I think the, the faith you have in your own abilities, the, 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 the belief that you will not have any problems keeping your bike balanced as you're, as you're riding. And and your and the absolute trust you have in all the drivers around you, it just it just boggles my mind. If I drive in a car without my seatbelt on, I it just feels weird. It I do not feel safe. Now there was a time when I was younger, didn't drive with a seatbelt on. There was a time, and uh, and then then I started when I would drive my car, I would wear my seatbelt. But then when I would ride with my well, with my friend from high school. As, as we were in our 20s, um, we were out of high school by then, but we were in our 20s still hanging with each other. We would we would not wear the seatbelt. He's driving all the time, and we wouldn't wear the seatbelt except for on New Year's Eve because the amateurs are on the road then. But then at some point, as, we, as he and I got older, there was a point at which, you know, I don't know which one of us broke the ice. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I said, screw it, I'm wearing the seatbelt, or he said, screw it, we're wearing seatbelts. What are we doing? Because we just started doing it. <laughs> Because it's like, well, yeah, we should be wearing seatbelts. This is stupid. And maybe it's just because we're getting older and wiser or something. 
it, it just, ugh. it just, it just. I just watched somebody on a bike, on a motorcycle, not wearing a helmet, not having a, a a heavy jacket to, you know, like a leather jacket or something that will not rip to shreds if they hit the ground. I, I just looking at them. I just, I just, ugh. ugh. Anyway, that's just a little sidetrack that I hadn't planned on talking about, but I did see somebody earlier today. Let's see what kind of time have I got here. Uh, I'm going to take my next break now. It's a little early for this one, too, but, uh, you know, I want to have some time on the other end to uh, talk about what I want to talk about. So uh, you are listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what, you think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Speaking, oh, welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And speaking, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. And speaking of masks, <laughs> I knew I'd get to it sooner or later. It's in the script. So uh, um, I'm going to talk about another dead animal. Uh, yeah, uh, what does that have to do with masks? I'll get to it, all right? <sighs> you leave little faith. I get around to it, you know? I get to it. So just go for the ride. Enjoy it. Yeah, I, three weeks, three shows in a row. I don't know if it's three weeks in a row, but three shows in a row, I've talked about a dead animal and the smell of a dead animal. I mean, I will have talked about it three weeks in a row after the next couple of minutes because I'm going to tell you about another dead animal that I've encountered in my in my journeys uh, in, through life. Um about a block or so away from where I work there's a little uh, mom and pop grocery store and it's literally a mom and pop grocery store because it's uh, husband and wife own it and their parents so mom and pop anyway so I'll head over there a couple times a week to get a little snack and uh, I did this on uh, last Tuesday and I was walking back to the office and and there on the boulevard on the grassy part just next to the road uh, was a dead raccoon, and it was it had been there for a while. It had uh, flattened out. I will put a picture of this on the show notes page. You can get to the show notes by going to dimland.com, click on the show notes, and you, and you'll see the picture. And it, it's it's again it's one of these things. It's gross, but it's kind of cool because it's you know it shows that circle of life kind of thing that happens because there were some maggots on there doing their thing, and. Eh, but it was it was um, it, it was flattened out. You could see its teeth, very white, very pointy, but very white. And uh, um, uh, and and you, you know the paws. It was laying on its back, and its its limbs were all kind of splayed out. And and its paws 
Um, you know, the, the little hands, like in the front front paws that look like hands, and the back paws that look more like feet. You know, and it's just there it was. And and at, the, at its lower part of its body, look, it, you'll see it in the picture if you can bring yourself to look at it. Uh, it's not very close up to it, but you, you'll see it. it. It looks like it could have been. I don't know. It's it's anus. Maybe I don't know what that is there. It's it's circle. It's it's weird. Okay. Well, as I walk by, I see it. I think, well, I'm gonna take a picture of that. So <laughs> I did. And 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 as I, I I could not have encountered this thing for more than a minute, right? I'm there. I got the camera out, uh, my phone thing, and I or my handheld computation uh, uh, communication device. Uh, I I use that and I take a picture of it and while I'm doing this I then become aware of the odor now it was not that kind of that punch in the nose that I would get when I was opening up the, the trash bin outside our house you know putting a garbage in because something died inside there it wasn't that 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 striked me right away because this thing was outside it's you know it's got proper ventilation going on and so or plenty of ventilation anyway, and uh, who knows if it's proper. But there it is, and I'm standing over it. I'm taking the picture, and I'm just—it starts to—it starts to find my nose, the smell, and it's not—it wasn't as 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 uh, immediately pungent as the dead mouse in the comic book store, or as whatever that was that died in the trash in our by our house. It, it wasn't quite. It's, it wasn't quite, it's, I want to say as strong as it either, but it, it, there was something about it that made it strong. Uh, but it wasn't, it, it just, it was even more sickly smelling. There was something, it's hard to describe, but I, after taking, I had to get away from it. Because even though the smell was not as, as powerful, uh, as all-encompassing, as surrounding the area as the mouse in the store and wherever it was that died in our trash can, it was there and it was getting into my nose and it was starting to make me feel... Ugh, almost turned my stomach. I mean, I got away from there and I, and I had a way to get back to the office. And that's when I started thinking about the HBO miniseries uh, of World War II miniseries about, uh, called Band of Brothers, which is a series that follows Easy Company of the 100, uh, 101st Airborne and during World War II. From, it follows them from training camp all the way through the end of the war. Uh, and it's one of my favorite miniseries that exists. Uh, and I watch it once or twice a year. And I bring it up because it, it's not so much a mask as the, the handkerchief or bandana kind of thing. Um, there's an episode late in the series. In fact, it's the second to the last episode, and it's called Why We Fight. And there's a, the each episode would sort of follow one particular character more closely than the, than, you know, than, than the other members of Easy Company. Uh, there was obviously a star of the series that was, uh, what's his name, Damian Lewis, who, who plays uh, uh, Richard Winters, who goes from being a lieutenant to a major through the series, and he's, you know, he's, he's pretty much the star, and then there's the next guy, uh, what's his name, Ron Livingston, who plays uh, Lewis Nixon, who goes from being a lieutenant to a captain, and he's in the, the intelligence officer, and in the episode of Why We Fight, pretty much focuses on Lewis Nixon's character, and he's having a he's having a bad time, bad time at home. His wife wants a divorce, and he's having he's having a bad time at his job because of his drinking. He's uh, he's demoted from the position that he was in to something else. He still is a captain, but he's you know he's not he doesn't have the the same uh, responsibilities, and you know he's having a rough go. And it's the same episode in which we, in which Easy Company discovers the uh, a, a concentration camp that's filled with these emaciated men, uh, most of them Jews, that are being kept there 
to be killed eventually and uh and the the camp part of it some of the buildings had been burned uh there's dead bodies all over the place there's a there's a there's a train car where they open the door to it and it's just filled with dead bodies and it's really it's really sickening and all that and you got to think this place smells awful um there've been burnt bodies there there have been, but you know, sanitation is not uh, uh, high on the list of priorities for the Nazis in running these concentration camps. So these, these, the men and women that were kept in these prisons were, you know, they're, you know, they, you know, they must have smelled like piss and shit and, and body odor and, and whatever else other sickly smells that could be there. And then there's just, it's just, and then death and the smell of rotting flesh. It's, it had to have been incredibly pungent so at one point in the episode uh, Captain Nixon he comes back to the camp after it's been discovered he comes back to the camp to observe the people of the town having to you know it's martial law had been declared and the people of the town that was nearby uh, who who didn't believe that there was a camp there and they said the Americans were were exaggerating well they were all conscripted into coming out to the camp to clean it up. So they got all these people out there. So Captain Nixon goes out to sort of, you know, to observe this. And as he's walking into the camp, there was a there was a guard standing there, offers him a, a, a handkerchief to to put across his face to hold out the smell, and uh, he refuses it. Now this, and I've seen this in other things where people, oh, that's a terrible smell. In other movies and TV shows, terrible smell. And they put a handkerchief over their face. They put a cloth over their face to do something. You know, I've seen it where people, you know, somebody farts, they put their face in their, their shirt or something. And I thought to myself, in that situation where Captain Nixon was in, would I have? Because he refused the bandana. He didn't apparently need it. Would I have needed that? And my encounter with that dead raccoon. Uh, made me think, you know what, I think I would have needed it. I would have needed that mask. Whatever, you know, maybe it's not technically a mask, but I would have needed that. I think I would have. So, it, it, it answered a question that I had. But, it, it and, and there was something else about this particular episode. Now, the way the series goes... I've, as I said, I've watched this thing many times. So when you watch a television series like that or a movie again and again and again, you begin to notice some things. You begin to, uh, not necessarily pick it apart, but you begin to notice things that, that went by the first few few viewings, the first viewing for sure. Um, you begin to notice, like with, with Band of Brothers, there's where they set up just a little, a little element of a story that gets picked up. It's not a major part of it. If you don't notice it, you won't miss anything. It's nothing. It's not a big deal. But there's a little bit of continuity between episodes. That's just that just kind of helps tie things together. There's a character uh, in there. Uh, now these are most of these characters are real people. Some of our composites of people. But there's this fellow named uh, Bill Garnier, and uh, he ended up being a sergeant. Uh, he went in, yeah, a sergeant at some point. And Bill Garnier. Um, he gets uh, he gets wounded, and he, he he he. We don't see him get wounded or anything. We we find out about this when he comes back from being at the hospital. He broke out. He left early. He didn't wait for himself to completely heal. Then he left early, and he comes back and uh, uh, to get back with his unit. He didn't want to you know he didn't want to miss out on the action, and he didn't want to feel like he was letting his 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 men down. His 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 uh, you know his fellow easy company guys, and so he comes back. And he reports in with uh, with with Winters, and, so, and, he, and then he and he asks this question. He's about to leave, and he says, "Oh, hey, any of you guys know?" He's got his commanding officer there, and a couple other superior officers who are in the office. He says, "Any of you guys ever heard of a place called uh, Lulu's?" And none of them did. He says, ah, "I'll just ask around." So he, he leaves. The next episode, uh, it's 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 they're in Bastogne. And Bastogne's that Battle of the Bulge, and Easy Company was surrounded by the Germans, and they held out, uh, you know, with with low ammunition and supplies, no winter clothing, and so they just they held out. 
and there's a there's a part in there where Bill Garnier goes to the the medic of the of Easy Company, one of the medics, and he says, "Doc, I'm pissing needles. Can you help me there? He's got some problem with his his privates. He's he's obviously caught himself an STD." So, uh, I when on repeated watching of that, I said, "Well, he, they set that up with he's finding this Lulu's place, which must have been some kind of a brothel," and. He's apparently found it and got a little something, you know, a little souvenir to take with him back into battle. I mean, that's the story that I'm putting together with just that little element of why would you ask about Lulu's and then they thing, you know, he's pissing needles and all that kind of stuff. It's just a neat little stuff like that that's kind of cool. Um, but sometimes, not sometimes, but there's something in the show that led me uh, to this. And now, it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, I don't know how good it'll be. <laughs> uh, in the show, uh, one of the characters is named uh, is, uh, is Private Webster. And Private... Okay, the, the series, like I said, they follow Easy Company from training camp all the way through to the end of the war. So it's training camp onto D-Day, the invasion of D-Day, uh, and and you know uh, Market Garden. They t- to follow through that to Bastogne, to you know liberating the, the the concentration camp, to you know getting the news that the war is over. And we and a lot of the same characters from the first episode flow all the way through here. A lot of them don't. Well, Webster is one of them that goes all the way through. Except you know, so he's he gets he gets wounded during Market Garden uh, campaign during that campaign, which failed. Which was a failed campaign that the Allies came up with. It was a high risk one, and it didn't pay. It didn't work. And he gets wounded, and he gets sent off. Right. And unlike Bill Garnier, he didn't try to break out to get back with his unit right away. Uh, I read the book, Band of Brothers, and Stephen Ambrose, the, the author, had said about Webster that he was a good soldier, but he just did not, he did not go for any kind of a opportunity for advancement. He, just, he was fine being a private, and he didn't, he didn't feel like volunteering for things. He just, you know, he just kind of went along. He did his job. He did a good job, but he just kind of went along. And so he stayed... He didn't come back right away, and he didn't come back to the unit until after Bastogne, and he was treated differently because he didn't go through Bastogne with them. Even though he had gone through D-Day and Market Garden and other battles, and he'd been wounded, they treated him differently. Well, one of the things about this character was that he was a translator. He was fluent in German. And there was an, uh, 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 another fellow in Easy Company named Liebgott who was also fluent, fluent in German. So in the episode called The Last Patrol, which is episode number eight, we learn about him being a translator, uh, or being, you know, that Webster can speak German. And Webster volunteers, you know, one of the volunteer things, he says uh, he, was put, he was picked in a patrol to go somewhere, and there were two translators in there and sort of a way to get back in good with Easy Company, he volunteered to say, hey, you know, let Liebgott set this one out. I, I'm a translator. You don't need two on this. Yeah. So we know he's a translator. We know he knows German. We hear him speak it <laughs> to others. And in, in the series leading up to this, there are little hints here and there that he speaks German, but in the last Patrol episode, episode number eight, we know for sure he speaks German. The very next episode, the Why We Fight episode, the episode in which Easy Company liberates a concentration camp, learns that, they, that these, these kinds of camps are all over the place. That very same episode, once they first find the camp, and Easy Company thinks that what they need to do is get food and water to, these, the, the, to the survivors of the camp. Who are starving, emaciated? They're you know in bad, bad condition. 
they later find out from the from the uh, company surgeon that uh, no, you can't. You, you we have to we have to monitor the intake of their food. We can't just start feeding them because they'll they'll eat themselves to death. It's that's it's this is not this is tricky to get them back to health. But anyway, they go into the town that's nearby, and they raid. They get uh, they get cheese and they go into this bakery and they're stealing and taking it's not stealing they're taking the bread and the baker is he's a German fellow he is pissed off and he's yelling at them and yelling at them it just you know just in German and we don't know exactly what he's saying but he's just he's just so pissed off that they're taking his his all his wares and and Webster is walking back and forth through there and every time he goes by this this German baker he keeps telling he keeps saying to him to shut up shut up shut up until finally third or fourth time Webster's had enough of this guy's crap pulls out his his sidearm and puts it in the guy's face and bends him over a table and he tells him to shut up you know <clears throat> And he calls him a Nazi. He says, shut up, you effing Nazi. And the guy says, starts saying in German, I'm not a Nazi, I'm not a Nazi. Now Webster does say, oh, you're not a Nazi. Are you a human being? Are you one of those? He says, don't tell me that you didn't know what was going on. And some other soldier comes by, American soldier. The baker in, is protesting in German that he didn't know about the camp. This other soldier walks by and says, he says he didn't know about the camp. He says he doesn't know. And Webster you know, says, well, you know, bullshit about that and all that. But he acts as though he didn't know that's what the guy was saying. At least that's how I read it. So, well, you're a translator. We just learned that you're fluent in German. Why does this other soldier have to tell you what this guy's saying? That doesn't make any sense. They could have just put in one little line. Webster could have said, I know what he's saying. Let's just think he's full of shit. <laughs> but they didn't. So it, it was weird. It was it's just kind of this weird incongruity that we just learned that for certain that this guy is a translator. He knows German, speaks it fluently, and yet he has to have some other guy tell him what this German fella is saying. <coughs> Excuse me, my my throat is getting a little dry. Oh, and now down. it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. That was fun. I just happened to tap the thing and play it again. Why not let it do it? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it, it was a. It was a. I. I. You know. Maybe. I. You know. Maybe I'm just thinking about it too much because I watched the show so many times. I watched the show so many times. And I just see that. And I said, it just seems to me kind of odd. Another thing that's kind of odd about that particular episode. This series. Uh, most of the episodes have a. Uh, you know, it, it happens. Most of the time, it happens right after the uh, opening credits. But they will go. They will go to a segment uh, where they they uh, talk to actual members of Easy Company. You know, at the age they were, wherever this thing was being produced, obviously. And they're they're talking to their old men now, and they're giving their rem reminiscences. And each of them sort of has something to do with what we're going to see in the episode that's coming up. And all the episodes have them at the beginning, except for the very last one where they have them at the end. Um, <clears throat> So you know, like it, there's this one episode where the theme of the episode is how do you how does a soldier deal with fear? They they follow this one particular soldier who was having a difficult time with his conquering his fear in battle. He couldn't bring bring himself to fight. It took, and and how we followed what happened with him. So the guys at the beginning of the episode would talk about having fear, how they handled it, that kind of stuff. So at the beginning of the episode, why we fight which is the episode in which Easy Company liberates a concentration camp. They, the producers of this thought it would be, uh, of the series, thought it would be a good idea to have these Easy Company guys as old men talking about, you know, the German people weren't all that terrible. They were just people. And the other, the other soldiers, they were just kids. They had a job to do. We had a job to do. You know, we were just, it boils right down to it. We were just kids. It's just, you know, it wasn't that big a thing. And one of, one of the guys says, you know, on some other occasions, we, if we'd have met, who knows? We might have been good friends. We might both like to hunt or fish. We could have been good friends in, in other circumstances. And I thought, that's a weird way to begin an episode where you're going to show how... <laughs> Uh, the Nazis uh, were systematically murdering uh, people just because they happened to be Jewish. <laughs> I thought, that's strange. And I don't know if it was a balancing act. They wanted to balance it out, saying, hey, not all the German people were like this. But, you know, they stood by, 
They that town, those people, that people in that town had to know something was going on. How could they not? They couldn't smell what was the smell. So it's just, I don't know. Uh, it was a weird way to begin it. Uh, it was just odd to me, but uh, it's still an excellent series. If you ever get a chance to watch it, you got to watch night, it. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, got to the end of another episode uh, with just a little goof in there. Uh, so, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary, extraordinary evidence. Uh, be patient, wash your hands, stay home, wear a mask, stay safe, and sleep with the lights off. This is Jim, Dr. Dufit Simmons, saying goodnight. We'll see you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.